Welcome to Pod Talk, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Join the team from the Midwest Farm Report as we talk to soybean growers from every corner of Wisconsin about farm and market conditions, research, biodiesel, and the challenges of each soybean crop. Visiting with one of the Soybean Marketing Board members, a grower himself, and that is Pat Maluli, who is the current president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Just saw you up in Wisconsin Dells for the annual Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo 2024. What did you think about turnout, Pat, about the conversations you had? Give me a, a little recap on what you saw. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Um, the winter's flowing by, and once we get to corn soy, uh, first of February, it's kind of down to business and get things flowing. But, um, yeah, a lot of good comments. Uh, I think attendance was up by 100, so 1,400 attendees, which is great. I think I don't know if that's a record, but it's close to it. Um, a lot of good conversation on how that the show flowed and the um, educational part of that out of there. Guys were very happy with what the time spent there. Now, that is one of those excellent opportunities where growers come together with you folks as board members. Uh, you got to jam a lot in in just two days' time as far as uh, trade show floor, the seminars, and then the board business. But one of the reasons why the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board likes to be there with growers is you help explain to them exactly how their checkoff dollars are being invested right here in Wisconsin. Tell me a little bit about how that conversation went. Yeah, so we're always looking for feedback from growers on what their issues are in, in the soybean industry in the state. And again, we're a, a broad state, so there's different issues or different problems for every area and every grower. Um, we're blessed to have a great extension team uh, led by Sean Conley, our soybean extension specialist, and his team around him up there in Madison. Um, so a, a big part of our checkoff dollars that comes from every bushel of soybeans that's sold, uh, one half of 1% of that dollar value comes back to the marketing board. Half of that stays in the state of Wisconsin. Half goes to the federal level. So our board uh, is in charge of investing that those dollars, the checkoff dollars, into research, new markets, education. So the corn soy is a big part of that. Uh, what growers are spent, they're able to get back firsthand in their education and be able to talk to Sean and Damon Rodrigo, all the other experts um, in extension Pat Maluli is along with us. He's the current president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. This is Soy Pod Talk, brought to you courtesy of Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Now, you're going on your second term here, uh, Pat, as far as leadership. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you learned. Sometimes you have to be in a spot for a little while before you really get your legs under you on just what kind of a powerhouse Wisconsin's turning into when it comes to the vision on where checkoff dollars can go. Tell me a little bit about how you reflect on where you already been before we talk about where we're going. Yeah, so again, a lot going on. Sean's been on staff for a while. Um, and the good things that come out of extension um, through his program, and we were questioned at one point when we had somebody look at our where our investments were going, and they kind of questioned, you know, man, your research budget's a little bit high. And I countered that by asking them to come to a field day of Sean's and and the other counterparts of his. And after the field day was over, they said, don't worry about your budget. You're right on task with these folks. So that it was a feather in our hat um, where our dollars are going. They are also able to leverage dollars back from other states into the state of Wisconsin. So that program up there is is running well. Um, you know, over the years, it's been built up and hopefully we can sustain those folks for quite some time. 
Well, and that's kind of what we're talking about this time around is where we're going now in 2024. Sometimes it's reinvesting into programs that have been successful. Sometimes it's taking a look at the vision that farmers have shared with you or the researchers have shared with you and deciding where the investment goes there. Let's go to a staple that's pretty simple at first blush, but actually kind of really puts the rubber to the road when it comes to return to Wisconsin soybean growers. And that's something as simple as the Wisconsin soybean yield contest. Now, like I said, at first blush, it seems like, oh, come on. But there's more to it than that, correct? Yeah, and that's something, I think it's 15 years now that the, the yield time contest has been going and it's it's growing. Um, there was some trying times during COVID and hopefully we can all forget that. But uh, we had more um, entrance this year. And it's just something that gets growers excited about, you know, what they're doing on their farm. They can help their neighbor and explain that the high yield environments, or, or maybe it's just a matter of crop rotation or whatever they did. And, and the growers tend to learn from each other. And that's kind of a neat process um, that goes on with that contest. Well, and I heard some of those conversations. A lot of folks were mightily surprised at what they ultimately ended up harvesting after what we many called a drought year in 2023. Yeah, for sure. Um, it doesn't take a lot of rain to make a crop, just a few at the right time, and I think that happened. Again, Pat Maluli in studio with us. We're talking about the investment your checkoff dollars are going toward research, education, and promotion. And let's talk about the research side of things because, again, those are programs that growers are going to see in the fields coming up this summer, probably spring planting, etc., Tell me a little bit about the priorities. We'll start off with the integrated soybean production systems, Pat. At You know, that's a big phrase. What does that really mean or what really caught your attention as a board member when it comes to that integrated soybean production systems? Yes, that integrated soybean production system comes really with Sean's idea, kind of looking at soybean production as a whole. And one of the aspects of that, there's several aspects within that program. Uh, one of the aspects is how to optimize no-tilling soybeans into cover crops. We have all these climate-smart and uh, conservation programs out there, and we want them, as growers board, we wanted to make sure that we're not losing yield, right? We're doing the right thing with the soil. Um, and so we're investing in, Sean, you know, what's the right timing to desiccate that cover crop? What's the right cover crop, right rates as far as seeding rates? Um, so it's really looking at the whole program revolved around uh, climate smart type practices and how we maintain soybean yields. Well, and the bottom line is too, there's monies out there for growers that want to invest in conservation practices, try it. And the unknown, you know, when I saw that rye, part of the reason why we kind of like rye is it's, it's weed suppression. But then I thought to myself, but what does it do to soybeans following? And I'm glad you brought up the weed suppression. So Part of that integrated system is Sean working with Rodrigo in his programs to say, what benefit are we getting out of rye besides soil health? Is it What is it bringing to the weed control aspect? Because there aren't a lot of new chemistries coming. So, therefore, how do we use these cultural practices to help control our weeds? All right, that's the next one that I want to talk about because it's, it's a perfect example of tandem researchers being supported by the same checkoff dollars. So we talk about the integrated soybean pr production side, and then here comes Rodrigo Worley, who is all about trying to get ahead of herbicide-resistant weeds. So again, this is a hand-in-glove with Dr. Sean Conley. Let's talk about overcoming that herbicide resistance and where we're seeing checkoff dollars invested. 
Yeah, so I think it's three years into a four-year proposal that Rodrigo had when he first came on board, but really looking at weed resistance in, in the soybean weed control. So a big part of that in the state of Wisconsin is giant ragweed and water hemp control and you know the amount of herbicides that they are resistant to or the modes of action. Um, so again, there's spots where he's afraid if we don't have the best management practices to maintain what we have, um, we're going to run out of gas in our herbicides that we have available to use. So again, adding in the cover crops, but again, both of those guys looking into you know what cover crop is best, what's the planting date that's best, um, how do we manage that from there on out, and and really coming together to manage that as a whole, not just one research project on one topic. Not to go back, but didn't Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board also invest dollars with Roger or Rodrigo rather? in 2023 to allow growers to submit water hemp, uh, herbicide resistant water hemp seed after the harvest. And I mean, that guy doesn't stop. He's 24 hours, seven days a week thinking about this. Yeah. And that's one thing that the camaraderie between the folks in our extension program, um, that they work together, but also that they're all willing to get out on the farm. So some of this research too, like you said, um, you can send your seeds right there. He'll get the results back to you. What are your species of water hemp resistant to? Um, and also, and back to Sean a little bit, he's taking yield data off your combine and plugging it into a big database to help him realize, and it's not a lot of investment on the grower's time, that the last couple of years, he, you know, your planting date, your yields, um, what happened in that area. And he's hoping that someday there will be a big database to, to come in and say what's your proper planting date you can plug your geo reference point of that field in and say here's the best maturity here's the best planting date to optimize yield that's really what we're trying to get to we don't want him to get there too fast though pat because i think if dr sean Conley gets to where he wants to be which is a prescription for your individual field that might be when he pulls the hitchpin and says i'm done <laughs> i think we got a few years left yes there, so i hope hopefully. so i hope so if you're just joining us welcome in uh this is uh, wisconsin soy pot Talk. My guest today, Pat Maluli. He is the current president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, a grower himself in uh, southeast Wisconsin, and uh, well-schooled on where your checkoff dollars are being vested, not just here in the state of Wisconsin, but like you said, we're also trying to margin up where we invest on a regional basis, thanks to connections Dr. Sean Conley has, Dr. Rodrigo Worley, Dr. Damon Smith, as well as others on our UW Extension team, and then taking that also to the national scene as well. So let's talk a little bit more about some of these projects, uh, Pat, that again, Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board invested in a couple years ago. A lot of growers are still trying to master or figure out white mold management. One major tool that they may have on their phone right now, but not connect the dots to soybean checkoff dollars, is Sporecaster. Dr. Damon Smith's brainchild trying to help us get ahead of white mold. Yeah, so the Sporecaster is an app that's uh, downloadable for free of charge that Damon and his team created up there with checkoff dollars. And um, again, that's ongoing where he's fine-tuning it, but a direct descendant of checkoff dollars that were funded. So something that growers can use right out in their own fields. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, literally, it's it's so simple. And, and you know, let's face it, somebody may say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
apps are not limited by geographic space. Yeah, you're right. You can get an app outside the state of Wisconsin, but really it is an information aggregator too. Sure. Yeah, the, the app has many uses and um, just a way of monitoring your fields a little closer to home than just by the seat of your pants. Well, and Damon is pulling that information no matter where it's coming from. Back to your point about Sean's database, uh, these guys all collaborate and are building one dilly of a database. Again, the white mold information is part of that. Yeah, and the other neat thing, the experience we have in going through, I mean, I think this year we had a dozen or more uh, research proposals, most of them from Sean Damon and Rodrigo, but we also get some from other well-known nematologists and entomologists at the UW. But we have the opportunity to say, you know, I'm not quite sure that this fits or we like it, but yet let's tweak it. And we can bring those guys in and we talk with them and um, they're willing to work with us and really hear from growers that have first have experience and, and get some results out on the ground eventually to say, what's that, what's the result at the end of this study to have some nuts and bolts a grower can use? Yeah, that forward-facing can't be understated enough. I know when I talk with Sean, Damon, and Rodrigo, they value those hallway conversations, if you will, uh, where growers get out of what they just presented and then proceed to tell them, no, try this, I'd rather have this. That's really what this uh, collaboration is all about between you folks that are on the soybean marketing board and, like we said, those big brains. Correct. And I know coming in the future, we challenge Sean um, back to these climate smart practices that we're getting incentivized, you know, like you said, to, to come out and try a cover crop ahead of soybeans or try something different, you know eventually we're hoping as growers that we can stand on our own, that we have a premium on our grain that we're growing under those conditions. You know, how do we get there? So that's something that he's brainstorming on and what, how do we, how does he impact the soybean industry to get that done? And I know he told me that, uh, like you said, being challenged by the growers kind of gets the, that gets their juice going really big time. It's not like uh, you guys on the soybean marketing board are just pulling out a rubber stamp and saying, yeah, go, go. No, correct. And a lot of times, you know, we're in a meeting with them and and your comment from another producer up north will spur my thought process or somebody else's thought process. And it it is truly a neat um, process that we go through to get these guys motivated and, and passionate about what they're doing. That being said, let me ask you, and I want to see if his demeanor on his face changes, how long does the meeting take when you're actually evaluating, deciding, thinning, how, and his demeanor is changing slightly, folks. How long, because I want people to understand, especially our soybean growers, you guys take your job very seriously. Yeah, um, some of them come quick. I mean, but there's others that we hash over. I mean, it's a three or four hour meeting or four hours probably on average, but that's not the end of it. We'll go back and you know, this year we had one with Damon on a white mold study is where are we going with this or what's the final outcome? And we had another meeting directly with him so we could pick his brain and he could pick our brain to say, what do we want to get out of this? And came to a an agreement. And it, it is quite a process. Yeah, indeed. And you were mentioning about uh, it's always collaboration. You're always open to ideas. It's not like you guys have tunnel vision on just what Rodrigo, Sean, or Damon bring to you. That point being made, one thing that Wisconsin growers may not realize they have access to, courtesy of soybean checkoff dollars, are soybean cyst nematode testing. Uh, unseen that can rob you of yield. Uh, I, I 
took advantage of it on my home farm and got a SCN test. It's done in Wisconsin. It's a pretty quick turn. But again, if you don't do it, you may be getting robbed of yield and you, you can't see it. That's courtesy of the Soybean Marketing Board. Correct. That's one of the direct paybacks that a grower can see a value in. And, and a, again, a grower is um, given four free tests if they elect to do so. They can pull them themselves, hire a consultant, but um, that's monitored. But uh, we changed that program a little bit a few years ago that it was not just for soybean cysts. We're, ch- we're testing for other nematodes. Well, all those samples then, um, Sean, Damon, they have access to those samples to take to the lab and and tweak them more, or utilize them more. So we're kind of killing two birds with one stone that we can collect samples throughout all the state, let the grower be, uh, get some value back out of his checkoff dollars, learn about what's going on in his farm, but also those folks can utilize those samples for their research. I was glad that mine came back negative, but I may try it again. You know, like you said, you get a want to check a newly rented field or something like that. Those are things you can't see soybean nematodes, folks. So again, there you go. Uh, forgive me, I got so wound up in all this research talk and all these exciting projects, I forgot to welcome you in. This is the Wisconsin Soy Pod Talk. Today we're featuring Pat Maluli, who is the current president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. He's been a part of this process for a couple of years now. Not only uh, vetting the research proposals that are being brought forward, following those proposals through execution, and then taking a look at what research information is provided back to the board, and then deciding if we're going to go forward. One area that doesn't get probably as much attention as the others we've discussed, Pat, is pest, pest management. You know, Wisconsin is pretty fortunate in a lot of regards. Pests are not always one of the top of mind conversation items until we get erratic weather or we get a crazy wind pattern that suddenly brings us something we never saw before. Tell me what we're doing on the pest management front. Yeah, so we have in the last couple years gotten the entomologist position back um, with Dr. Emily Bick and um, she had submitted it's a second year um, study um, on some suction trap work that kind of maybe fell by the wayside a little bit over the past but um, we're able to monitor um, in those traps what's going on in several areas throughout the state. So, again, direct descendant of checkoff dollars. But uh, so that was something we hadn't invested in in quite some time. But now with uh, Dr. Emily Bick on staff, we're back investing in insect-type proposals. I look forward to finding out what we have new to fear as far as yeah. insects are concerned. And, you know, the other thing about this, Pat, is we talk about how the board is in – pretty regular contact with our university extension researchers. We're, we're really lucky and fortunate to have that kind of collaboration. Everybody likes each other. There's also a lot of opportunity for the growers listening to this to get involved. You don't have to be a board member to be a part of this research information, and that can't be forgotten. Right, and a couple things there. I mean, I know those researchers and extension folks are busy, but they're they're always wanting to hear from growers, so take the time to reach out to them with a question. Uh, also, our board members are willing to talk, and they're all good people. And if you you know find out who your rep is or contact me or whatever, and we'll get you in, in contact. But we're always wanting to, to learn what's going on in the soybean world, and maybe it's not happening on my farm. It's happening on their farm, and we'd like to know. 
Any region you go to in Wisconsin, you're going to find different, unique challenges, and that's exactly why they keep their ears open to what producers, what agribusiness may be observing in any growing season and how they may be able to target checkoff dollars for some long-term solutions. Pat Maluli in studio with us. This is the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board's Soy Pod Talk. You say, well, wait a minute, Pam. How do I get a hold of people like Pat? How do I find out about some of these research projects or follow-up? Well, one place you can always turn is Dr. Sean Conley's uh, universal site that has a lot of different information on it. That's coolbeans.info. Yep, I said it. Coolbeans.info. He is also a rabid uh, Twitter or now X uh, contributor. So if you uh, want a fast uptake, just follow him on X. And then you can also go to wisconsinwisoybean.org and find uh, some of that information there as well. But the bottom line is the goal is really keeping you connected with how your research dollars are being invested. During Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, Pat, can you come up with any conversations you had uh, where maybe somebody lived through a situation, but found that some of the research that had gone before either found a solution, got an answer, or guided them on something? Uh, n- nothing particular comes to, to mind, but one of the sessions at uh, Corn Soy is the beer bowl session, and Sean came up with that, and they bring a half barrel or two into the room, and they have no PowerPoint, they have nothing. It's just question and answer. So growers get an opportunity to sit in that room and they'll go longer than the room spoken for, but just ask them questions on any topic and of, and soybean, um, the industry or growing soybeans and they'll stand up there and answer them as truthful as they can. So Mm -hmm. that's again, direct contact with those folks and and they enjoy that as much as everyone else. And we learn a lot from just in hearing about. Did he wear anything goofy this year? (laughs) So the three amigos there, they, uh, they had cool bean shirts that Sean got them all for Christmas and there it was, yeah, it added to the crowd. And I think we're going to grow that maybe next year or try to that whole beer and bowl session. And it's one of the better sessions that you just, and you, that's a good place for us to listen for what growers are asking that maybe aren't in contact with us or um, what's going on in other parts of the state. So it's a neat experience just to have those guys stand up there and talk and no scheduled right. talk of any point. Well, and, topic. and like you said, in that uh, session, they're not limited just to Wisconsin questions either because I, I probably stress it more than anybody. We have got the dream team. I use that phrase. That'll be his T-shirt next year. Watch. Uh, We've got the dream team when it comes to our soybean research, and they are uh, admired by growers across the United States. They will have some critical input for Commodity Classic, for example, in some of their regional projects. So when they get in that room, like you said, no PowerPoint, just conversation, you might be surprised what you find out from the three amigos. Yeah, we truly are blessed um, to have them here in the state of Wisconsin, but the way they can bring it down to farmer terms or just common terms, because it's there's some researchers that will talk over your head, and they don't do that, and they they truly do work well together. Um, so, and the other part of that is they're leveraging dollars back to their programs from our the other half of the checkoff dollars that go to the federal level. So a lot of those are coming back to them more than what Wisconsin dollars are are showing. Well, like we said, it's wonderful to have those resources there. And to your point, they got a sense of humor, which is good when you are under fire by a lot of growers for different uh, 
different questions. And like you said, they don't shy away. The other thing is they don't come in when they, even when they come to the research board, they don't come in with preconceived ideas on where their projects are going to end up. They listen. Sure. And the other part of those research proposals is it might come in as a four-year study, but we cannot fund more than one year. So we have to reevaluate them. And each year they resubmit and we get a progress report. And there's some over the years, there has been some programs or proposals that we ask them to tweak in mid midstream. And here's what's going on. And sometimes they push back and we come to a conclusion and, and move forward with them generally. Well, again, folks, like we said, it really is about your dollars at work. Are you staying involved in the process? Pat Maluli is. He's not only a grower himself, but he is one of those guys that's in the room when these decisions are being made on the investment of your checkoff dollars. The three pillars, research, education, and promotion, this conversation largely focused on the research side, paying dividends back to you on your farm and the state of Wisconsin. You want to follow up? We'd love to have you be a part of the conversation. How can you do that? As I said, coolbeans.info is where you'll find a lot of the information that Dr. Sean Conley and his team uh, generate through the course of a calendar year. Want to find out more about your checkoff dollars? You want to talk to Pat Maluli about some of the decisions he's helped the board make? Hey, they're open to it. Go to their website, wisoybean.org. Pat Maluli, president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, kind enough to spend some time with the old farm babe here to talk about some of the decisions made during the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo that you will see paying dividends on your farm, hopefully this summer, but definitely in the next uh, year or so. And as I said, continue to follow the conversation at wisoybean.org. Thanks for joining Pod Talk, a podcast by Wisconsin Soybean Farmers for Wisconsin Soybean Farmers. For more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit wisoybean.org or wherever you consume your podcasts.